Attention. This podcast contains subject matter that may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. From out of the darkness, you hear voices that send shivers down your spine. That feeling of dread is undeniable when you notice the monster under the bed is trembling. The aliens are scrambling to get back to the mothership, and the vampires are refusing to rise. Your reptilian overlords are pleased to force on you two humans they swear are not their captives. Your hosts, Michael and Wendy. This is Eerie and Absurd. Welcome back to Eerie and Absurd. Welcome back from the holidays. Yeah. Happy New Year. Is it a happy new year? But we're not getting into that because that's not why we're here. Listen, we're here for a safe space for one and all to discuss death, conspiracy theories, and ghosts. And all the weirdness in between. That sounds wonderful. I'm Mike. I'm Wendy. So some things happened. Yeah. I felt that it was necessary to cover this story because as pretty much everybody should know by now, on Christmas, Nashville had a bombing. Mm-hmm. Some of the information that came out about the guy yes, was... That he believed in like the 5G conspiracy theory that believed that reptiles controlled the government. He apparently was hunting them in a local park. He was just real big in lots of different conspiracy theories. And before people start getting out of control, in our opening, our very satirical, very ridiculous opening to this podcast, we do make the comment about our reptilian overlords. <laughs> well, I'm not sure how Lord Scytheris will <laughs> feel about your blasphemy, but go on. But the whole reason for our opener and our outro is, it for me, it, it pokes fun at all of these things because I love these stories. I don't believe them, but I love them. I love to hear them. I like to see where they came from, what's happening with them. And I just felt that it was necessary to cover some of the conspiracy theories surrounding the bombing of Nashville. And yeah, because just maybe, you know, talk about it for a second. Maybe you guys don't know. Well, yeah, most of the time people just brush that stuff off because they're like, uh, yeah, apparently so and so believes in lizards. <laughs> I believe in lizards. I mean, lizards exist, but as you know, government officials, I don't think so. Lizard people don't exist. Yes. Wink, wink. Oh my. Please don't say it. Just do it. <laughs> Either way, moving on. I think it's fun. I think conspiracy, you know, the hardcore conspiracy theorists, number one, are probably not going to be listening to our podcast. So we're not going to be raked over the coals. But also, you have to take us up with a grain of salt when it comes to any type of conspiracy theory. Yeah. We might get some of it wrong. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It is a rabbit hole of destruction and death happening in these theories. It is awful. We'll just make it up as we go. No, we're not going to make it up. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So first, we're just going to we're going to hit on the timeline of what happened in Nashville on Christmas. OK, so we've got a lot of sources and we're not going to say them. There's a Yeah, we have got so many sources. We'll just list them in the this. show notes. Yes. Yeah. OK, so it started off December 25th, 2020. Around 4.30 a.m., a resident and building owner on 2nd Avenue woke to the sounds of several bursts of rapid gunfire. Around 5.30, she heard another round of gunfire and she called 911. 
Police responded to the area and they found the RV parked with the windows covered and it was playing a message requesting that residents evacuate the area because there was going to be an explosion. And so police immediately began to evacuate the residents out of the area. And then at 6.30, the RV explodes. Three people were hospitalized with non-life-threatening injuries. Emergency crews shut down 2nd Avenue. Some surrounding streets and federal agents were called in. Due to the RV being parked outside an AT&T switchboard building, internet and phone service was disrupted, including 911 services and telecommunications at the Nashville International Airport, which caused all outbound flights to be halted. This outage ends up affecting Tennessee statewide, Kentucky, Alabama, and Metro Atlanta. And possibly some other areas, I think there were seven states total. Yeah, I couldn't confirm that. It was hard to find that information. By the end of the afternoon on the 25th, the Metro Police released surveillance photos of the RV and asked for the public's help with identifying the owner. Mayor John Cooper issues a state of civil emergency and places a curfew starting at 4.30 p.m. Friday until 4.30 p.m. Sunday at the explosion site and the surrounding areas of James Robertson Parkway, 4th Avenue North, Broadway, and the Cumberland River. The Metro Police Chief John Drake gives a news conference stating it is still not known why the explosion occurred or if someone was inside the RV. However, the police did find tissue that could have been human at the blast site. But they were unsure it was, I mean, there, everything was just destroyed. Yeah, it was It was decimated. There was nothing left of that RV, pretty much. So on December the 26th, the day after, by the morning of the 26th, local, state, and federal officers are on site and investigating the blast. Phone services are still down, affecting millions of residents, but also businesses, including hospitals, which is a big deal. Very obviously. That afternoon, local and federal agents are seen going in and out of a home that's located in Antioch, Tennessee. The home is cleared by 2.30, and it's reported out that there are no residents or bombs inside. By the afternoon of the 27th, U.S. Attorney Don Cochran confirms that 63-year-old Anthony Q. Warner is the bomber and is believed to have died in the explosion. DNA from the scene was matched to samples from another location searched by the investigators. A motive for the bombing is still not known at this time, and there is nothing to indicate that Warner worked with an accomplice. The FBI is still unclear what type of explosives were used and stated that Warner was not on their radar as a threat, nor do they see the bombing as an act of terrorism at this time. Right. So, before the explosion, we're just going to talk a little bit about Warner. In November, Anthony Warner used a quitclaim deed citing zero dollars, to a woman in Los Angeles. In the state of Tennessee, you can deed a property to another person without their consent or knowledge. The woman claims that she was unaware of the transaction. However, the same woman received a different house from Warner in January of 2019. Now, this was due to a dispute Warner was having with his mother over true ownership of that specific home after his brother had passed. It was apparently a family home. The woman who received the home, ended up quit claiming the home to Warner's mother in March of 2019. The Los Angeles woman has not provided any information on her connection to Warner. I don't, nobody knows. She does have a connection to Tennessee, like she went to school here and stuff. But other than that, there's no. No information. There's no information on why they know each other. So Warner also gifted his vehicle 
to a woman, some sources say an ex-girlfriend, stating he had cancer. He Warner was an IT specialist who mainly worked from home. He was contracted with the local Nashville business to service their computers, but had informed the company that he was retiring that month. So they hadn't even seen him. It had been a minute. Warner does not have like this big, long laundry list of arrest or being an annoyance to society or the police in general. He's only ever been arrested once in 1978 for a marijuana possession that occurred in another state, and he had two years of probation. Okay, so after the explosion, the FBI confirms that Warner mailed out multiple packages to friends or acquaintances. One specific package contained a multi-page typed-out letter signed with the name Julio and two Samsung thumb drives. So Julio was apparently a dog that he used to have. Oh. But he would actually sign sign letters or emails with that name. Okay. I'm not sure why. Well, it was discovered that Warner's girlfriend told police in August 2019 that he was building bombs in the RV. The Metro Police did respond to this call and spoke with Warner's girlfriend and her lawyer. They went to Warner's home, but he was not there. They also saw the RV parked in the fence yard and what looked like surveillance equipment attached to it. And so there's lots of um, controversy around this. Yeah. Because they couldn't go in there because they didn't have a warrant, right? Yeah. And so basically they did everything they could do. And I thought they did a follow up, but he still. He told him they couldn't come in. Right. Okay. They didn't have a warrant. And so, I mean, other than, you know, violating his rights, they did what they could do. Mm -hmm. The FBI states that Warner may have been a believer in conspiracy theories, specifically the 5G conspiracy, and that reptilians were running the government. And so now let's just go over some of the conspiracy theories. These are very short ones that have ha- that have occurred since this, since this happened. So the first one that we're just going to touch on is the fake CNN headline. So CNN released a headline from a news source that is a satirical news website, which means they embellish the news and make it ridiculous. It doesn't matter what it is. Genesius Times, they released a breaking news headline that the Nashville bomber died from COVID-19 shortly after blowing himself up. Now, I'm going to say it again. <laughs> the Nashville bomber died from COVID-19 shortly after blowing himself up. A majority of readers recognize the headline as fake because obviously that did not happen. But unfortunately, the best of America did not, and they shared the headline as if it was real. Now, I'm sure some people shared it just to poke fun, but others shared it like it was real because in today, right now, in current times, COVID did it. That's the response for pretty much everything. Well, and most people just read headlines, even though this one doesn't make any sense. Makes no sense whatsoever. And so, of course, it just stirred some controversy, and I'm assuming somebody got fired. There's also the missile strike theory. So some conspiracy theorists are stating that the bombing was actually a missile strike. Their jurisdiction is a grainy black and white video where they are desperately trying to point out that there is a line flying in like a missile right before the explosion. I watched the video. This video was uploaded by Red Pill Radio and shows a far away view of the explosion. However, you can watch the video if you want. We're not going to be linking it. We're not posting it. We're not sharing it because it's dumb. You do see a line, but it's an object that's being blown away from the explosion. It's not the cause. It is so obvious. It's do, so obvious. Do you remember the uh, the the ship in Beirut that exploded? Yeah. I, I think there were chemicals leaking that were stored improperly is what 
right. caused it. Shortly after that, there was a video that came out and it showed a missile. Someone had superimposed a missile coming down and blowing the ship up, claiming it was an attack. So that's what that reminds me of. And that was... Not that long ago. That was in August. Yeah. I think. It was just last year. It's... mm -mm. Okay, so this is the one, this next one is the one that I that I heard, and I was like, what in the world are they talking about? Very far-fetched. However, voting machines. <laughs> so the story goes that AT&T got a contract to complete a forensic audit on the Dominion Voting Systems machines to prove or disprove voter fraud and corruption within the election. The voting machines were moved to Nashville just prior to the explosion, and the theory is that Warren parked right in front of the AT&T switching center in order to destroy proof of election corruption. And due to the explosion, all the information is now completely destroyed and unrecoverable. Of course, both AT&T and Dominion have put out statements that this information is completely false. But I'm asking why would a phone company conduct a forensic audit on election machines or election software? And why would you not have multiple uploads to a cloud? <laughs> Why would it? Why are we living like it's the 1950s? What in the world? I don't know. But that story was floating around Facebook and even in some of our local like I saw it, community yeah. stuff. And I'm like, mm, this doesn't make sense. Why are they doing that? I mean, <clears throat> I ain't trying to be rude, but AT&T can't even get my bill right. Like, how are they going to be able to tell me if? It's <laughs> a good point. How are they gonna? How are they gonna do this? I don't get it. Okay, the next two. 5G conspiracy and lizard people. So that we're going to talk about those two things today. These are 100% true. They are not true, y'all. <laughs> Before getting into the 5G and the lizard people conspiracy, let's take a moment to just recognize that this was a tragic event. Even though there was not a mass casualty, and I'm very glad that there was not. That's amazing. The conspiracy theories, no matter how good, how bad, or how ridiculous they may sound, a man did kill himself. He played a warning on repeat, advising occupants to get out because an explosion was going to happen. Six Nashville police officers risked their lives to make contact with every occupant on 2nd Avenue to ensure a safe evacuation, and they succeeded. Props on that one. Mm -hmm. The result was no lives lost, with the exception of Warner. Unfortunately, around 45 businesses were destroyed along with home. So there are people homeless now because of that situation. We may never truly have a concrete reason on why Warner did what he did. And as humans, we want to rationalize everything so it makes sense. I don't think he wanted to intentionally harm other people. He may have possibly been sad, depressed, maybe lonely, or he could have been ill as he stated. Maybe he did have cancer. I don't know. I'm in no way condoning or even trying to actually present a reason for why he did what he did, but we are going to post the phone numbers and links for the Tennessee Statewide Crisis Line and the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline for the for people that live outside of Tennessee. Also, please know that a majority of people that believe in or are interested in conspiracy theories, especially the ones like Warner believed, are relatively harmless human beings. There is no need to be especially cruel to them or ostracize them for something that he did. For real. Don't be a dick. Yeah, leave me alone. <laughs> I didn't do anything. With all that said, cheers to the police. Yeah. Good wishes to everybody. I really do hope that uh, it's going to be a long time cleaning all that up. And I hate that all those businesses suffer. That is, that's, Second Avenue is on and popping in Nashville, and it is not. That is very sad. So moving away. So do you want to start with uh, 
the 5G conspiracy? Yes. Let's do this 5G because I don't understand it and I need you to explain it to me. What is 5G conspiracy other than my phone is supposed to work way better? Does it? I don't have it, so I don't know. So in the 1970s, the boogeyman was power lines. Low frequency electromagnetic fields were emanating from them all of the time. And the 1979 study suggested that children who developed cancer often lived near power lines. Oh. So people were freaked out about it. Around the same time, because of the Cold War, panic about radiation in general, televisions, microwave ovens, also became a possible human health catastrophe. So the advance of cell phones, and more recently the new high-speed networks built to serve them, have given a rise to a paranoid coalition who believe in a massive cover-up of harm. Okay, so the 5G is supposed to hurt us, is what you're telling me. Yeah. Okay, but how? The devices are different, but the fears are the same. The radiation from the things we use every day is destroying us. I mean, technically we're living longer than back when Boogeyman was the... You're ruining the conspiracy. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Stop trying to make sense of it. So 5G specifically, unlike the lattice cell phone towers that enable LTE networks, usually between 200 and 400 feet tall, and spread miles apart, 5G networks rely heavily on petite units called small cells, which are often attached to existing utility poles in urban settings. Okay, so instead of just having one large tower, there's smaller cells all over, so then you get better coverage, right? Right. Yeah, they're they're adding them just to the existing ones, but they're closer together. 5G operates at a higher frequency than other communication standards we're used to, like 3G, 4G, or LTE. Because 5G waves function at a higher frequency, they're more powerful but also shorter in length. This is the primary reason why new infrastructure is required for the 5G development. Shorter waves, for example, will see more interference from objects like trees and skyscrapers, and even drops of rain or flakes of snow. So that is why they have all these smaller ones closer together. In cities, especially 5G is fast and powerful, but can't travel well through walls or other obstructions. Right. So the more relay points you have, the better the signal will be. But So why is this freaking people out? Yeah. Cancer? Yeah, actually, that's one of them. Uh, the most information that conspiracy theorists share about the 5G relates to some way to radiation. Okay. So, yeah, one of them is uh, it causes cancer. According to the American Cancer Society, there isn't yet enough scientific evidence to suggest the radio frequency waves emitted from cell phone towers are harmful with the caveat that we need more research to determine full safety. Number two is, and I don't understand this one, 5G towers can spread COVID-19. So it looks like this false information may have come from a piece of shoddy research that somehow made it into PubMed, a renowned scientific journal, on July 16th. What? Can it still be looked up? (laughs) Can you still find it? No, they actually redacted it. Oh, thank goodness. (laughs) It was a team of researchers, and they're 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 Russian. I can't say their names. Okay. I'm sorry. It's fine. They posted that 5G waves can help to colonize the virus in the human body. I don't know. It's dumb. <laughs> Let's move on to number three. Okay. China is using 5G to spy on us. Now, this is possible. I thought it was TikTok. They're using TikTok as well. 
But they need that 5G to keep TikTok going, right? If you're an adult <laughs> and have TikTok, delete it. What are you doing? Some people are like getting TikTok famous. Stop. Like adults. Why? I don't know. I mean, I don't even think they get money for it. I don't know. I don't know how that works. So the theory goes, if Chinese companies with ties to the communist Chinese government end up implementing 5G towers that transmit 5G wireless communication, they could spy on us through technological backdoors in the equipment. It's hard to say if this is actually true or not, but President Donald Trump's administration already blocked Huawei, which is a phone manufacturer, hmm. from securing contracts to build the 5G infrastructure in the U.S., the last one, there's an idea that devices being placed on the existing poles can be used to control the population using V2K technology. I talked about this in our very first episode, the voice of God and acoustic kitties. These small panels could potentially be used to implant ideas into individuals' heads or possibly read people's minds without them even knowing it. So go back and listen to the voice of God acoustic kitty if you haven't heard it and you'll understand this better. That's a rough outline of the 5G conspiracy. It's still kind of confusing because it doesn't make sense to my brain. It really doesn't. I think the last one's more likely. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about the reptilian conspiracy theory. This is Mike's favorite thing, and I did not let him cover it because I needed to do research on it because I didn't know anything about it, and I thought it was dumb, and I still think it's kind of dumb. But Although, it's also true. No, it's not. But it was interesting. Like, I, I will say that. All right, so the reptilian conspiracy theory, the idea of reptilian overlords was popularized by David Icke, and that's spelled I-C-K-E. David is a British conspiracy theorist who claims that shape-shifting reptilian aliens control the Earth. They do this by taking on human form and are in positions of power, especially politics, which allows them the opportunity to manipulate society. According to a professor of political science at Syracuse University named Michael Barkin, the original idea of the reptilian conspiracy originated from Conan the Barbarian. So that's fiction. Robert E. Howard, the creator, first published the appearance of serpent men in his story called The Shadow Kingdom in August of 1929. These serpent men were described as having human bodies with snake heads and they had the ability to imitate humans through shape changing and through mind control abilities. Kind of said that weird. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's believed that Howard's The Shadow Kingdom used ideas from the lost world, such as like Atlantis and Lemuria, and specifically pulled from something called The Secret Doctrine, which was written in 1888 by Helena Blavatsky. And in that writing, it references dragon men that resided on a Lemurian continent. So Helena Blavatsky, last podcast on the left, they do an episode on her. I don't know if it's a one or two parter. Um, but if you want to get a little more in depth on that, she is interesting and they do a great job. If you're offended easily, don't listen to him. Maurice Doreal, a.k.a. Claude Doggins, wrote The Mysteries of the Gobi. Gobi? I did not look this up like I meant to to see how it's stated or how you say it. In the 1940s, this was a pamphlet describing a serpent race that could take on human form. Doreal then wrote the poem Emerald Tablets, which also referred to a serpent race. So Barkin believes that Darrell's writings more than likely came or were inspired by the Shadow Kingdom story and that the Emerald Tablets was the basis for David Icke's book, Children of the Matrix. However, a historian named Edward Guimont 
argues that the reptilian conspiracy theory was actually created from an earlier pseudo-historical legend that was developed during the colonization of Africa. So it was either from that or it was from Conan the Barbarian. But it sounds like something that's been around forever. This is not new. Yeah. It is fiction. I do have, I did want to reference one abduction that apparently occurred by the reptilian overlords. One of the earliest reports uh, was from 1967. A man named Herbert Shermer in Ashland, Nebraska, recalled being taken aboard a UFO by humanoid beings that had a slightly reptilian appearance. However, he was under hypnosis when he told this story. I don't know how much that matters, but he was hypnotized Mm -hmm. or he wasn't. And he was just saying stuff. So in 1999, David Icke published something called The Biggest Secret. Not the secret. Not the thing. People talk about willing stuff to you. (laughs) The Biggest Secret. This is The Biggest Secret. It's bigger than The the Secret. Yeah. The Biggest. Yeah. So Icke has given lectures to crowds of up to 6,000 people. He has supporters in 47 countries. And in 2016, the public policy polling reported that 4% of American voters believed in Ike's conspiracy theories. Just <laughs> <laughs> say theories. Theories of reptilian people. 4% doesn't sound like a lot, but it's about 12 million people. That's a lot of people. Yeah. And those are registered voters. That's not the people that didn't register to vote or didn't want to actually put down that they believed it. Or it could even be people that are like, y'all are dumb. Yeah, I believe it. (laughs) Because a lot of people that are real actual like conspiracy theorists, they're not registered to vote. So what does any of this even mean? What are these creatures really? Well, according to Ike, the creatures are tall, blood-drinking, shape-shifting humanoids from the Alpha Draconis star system that hide in an underground base and are behind a worldwide conspiracy against humanity. He claims that most of the world's ancient and modern leaders are reptilians. Uh, These include actors, singers, corporate executives, including the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, the Bush family, the British royal family, all of the British royal family, the Clinton family, Barack Obama, Madonna, and even Tom Hanks. So the reptilians were responsible, apparently, for the Holocaust, the Oklahoma City bombings, and 9-11. Apparently, they came to Earth for its precious metals, specifically monatomic gold. So I had to look that up. I even had to ask Michael because I'm like, I don't even know what that is. People like ingest this stuff. They use it for like healing and spiritual guidance and stuff like that. I think it's fake. But it's like either it's like in a pill form or it's powder. I think it's fake. I don't even think it's really anything. Ike says this mineral increases the creature's nervous system 10,000 fold. After ingesting it, they can process vast amounts of information. It allows them to shapeshift to human form and it speeds up transdimensional travel. They have the ability to use human fear, guilt, and aggression as energy, which has provided the proper encouragement for war, human genocide, mass slaughter of animals, and sexual perversion. These creatures apparently operate on a hive mind that is extremely structured and controlled by their masters from the top down. This in turn leaves little room for individuality or personal freedom. Ike states that humanity was created through interbreeding bloodlines from the Middle East and the Near East, which were originally extraterrestrial. This interbreeding was commissioned by a network of secret societies. And so he calls this mostly male bloodline, the Babylonian Brotherhood. So this reptilian bloodline has included 43 American presidents, 
three British prime ministers, two Canadian prime ministers, certain Sumerian kings, and some of the Egyptian pharaohs. Now, not all within the bloodline can shapeshift to a human form. It really depends on where they are within the hierarchy, and some of the organizations or societies involved with or controlled by these creatures with witting or unwitting support from the London School of Economics includes the following, the Illuminati, Roundtable, Council on Foreign Relations, Chatham House, the Trilateral Commission, Bilderberg Group, International Monetary Fund, United Nations, basically all the media, basically all the military, CIA, Mossad, and who'd you say? The Freemasons. Yeah. The global elite are at the top of this brotherhood, and on top of them are the prison wardens. Their goal is something called the Great Work of Ages, which is world domination and a microchipped population. That's in your COVID vaccine. No, it's not. Don't listen to him. He is joking. So according to Ike, reptiles have crossbred with chosen humans for political reasons and have been called the Watchers, Fallen Angels, or Grigori. The first hybrid breeding program occurred around 200,000 to 300,000 years ago. The second occurred 30,000 years ago. And the third occurred 7,000 years ago. The hybrids produced during the third breeding program are the ones that currently control the world today. These individuals have powerful hypnotic stairs and their DNA allows them to shapeshift when they consume human blood. I just want to reference, that is also a huge conspiracy I've seen online about certain very wealthy people. They like drink blood and stuff. What? It's good for you. No, it's not. Keeps you young. Oh my gosh, it doesn't. But that's part of the theory. Anyways, I say that they have also bred with another extraterrestrial race called the Nordics to produce the Aryans. He says that the Aryans have many reptilian traits with their desire for top-down control, cold-blooded attitudes, obsessions with rituals, which lean them towards like fascism, rationalism, and racism. So yeah, they're just- also usually pale white with blonde hair, blue eyes, blonde hair and blue eyes. There are few, if any, public events that are not engineered or organized by this brotherhood. So citing Ike, he states, you want to introduce something you know the people won't like. You first create a problem, a rising crime rate, more violence, a terrorist threat. You make sure someone else is to blame for this problem. You then create a patsy, as they call them in America, a Timothy McVeigh or a Lee Harvey Oswald. This brings us then to stage two, the reaction from the people. This can't go on. What are they going to do about it? This allows them to then openly offer the solution to the problems that they have created. It's just a form of control is what he's saying. They're creating the problems with which they already have established the solution. So coronavirus. Chaos. Stop it. Coronavirus. Stop it. We'll blame China. Stop it. And now we have a vaccine. Stop it. Stop it. That is enough. You know that's from a bat in a wet yard. What? I don't know. (laughs) You stop it. Let's move on. (laughs) Okay. I about said a wet bar. But it... (laughs) Jeez. Ike believes that... I believe you're looking for wet market. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, that's what... But it's like a yard, right? (laughs) Moving on, Michael. (laughs) Ike believes that organized religions, especially Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, were created by the Illuminati to divide and conquer the human race through endless conflict, including racism and sexual divisions. That is a very small, a very not detailed explanation of the reptilian overlord conspiracy. 
Overall, I enjoyed the story, but I don't necessarily believe that lizards are controlling my government or any government, except for the actual lizard animal government, because that must exist, right? If we're going to get down to it. Animal governments? Yeah, like snakes. I mean, do the geckos get together and share tails? I think they do car insurance. Shut up. (laughs) However, I will say this. It does sound nice to have something to blame. Let's say a patsy for the human population. It's nice to have something to blame for the times like we as humans have created, nurtured, and then executed our own downfalls through war, genocide, famine. I guess you need something to blame. You just can't actually believe that a human would do something terrible to another human being. So it had to be in the reptiles. I think that if you just get it cold enough, oh my God, could this explain climate change? They don't like cold weather. Them them little assholes, they'll they'll just stop moving. They're cold You know, like yeah. in Maguanas, they start falling out of the trees in Florida. You know what? I think you just added I a page just, to Wikipedia. I just did it. Yeah. You're good at this. I'm good at this. So is that it? That's it, man. That's it. I feel like the reptilian overlords are a scapegoat. They are our own patsy that has been created for us to blame our atrocities on. Well, good job. Well, thank you. Good job to you and your 5G conspiracy. It don't make no sense. It doesn't. And I can't read, so that makes it even worse. (laughs) Well, you guys, thank you. We're glad that we're back from vacation. Yeah. It seemed long. It was long. It was nice. It was refreshing. We will see you next Monday for a Missing Monday episode. Mm-hmm. And until next time, Absurdians, go get your shot and let's get activated. I'm going to start selling some tinfoil hats. Yeah. If anyone's interested. You should come up with a different version. Instead of a tinfoil hat, it's a felt hat. I think they have those. A monatomic gold hat. <laughs> but then the lizards will come after you. <laughs> Until next time, fellow Absurdians, remember, everything you've heard is true, monsters are real, and the strangers in black are not a figment of your imagination. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes or your favorite podcast streaming service. Do you have a story you want to share? Contact us at eerieandabsurd at gmail.com or visit our website at eerieandabsurd.com to submit a suggestion. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, both at eerie underscore absurd.